This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of BB Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And, of course, our show is brought to you by the fine folks at Capital Plus. Capital Plus unlocks your capital and unleashes your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. You think I can get that right? I've only said it like a million times. Um, Definitely check them out. And Again, you can find them at uh, capplus.com and forward slash Mr. Biz. Um, I think... Uh, Mr. Biz pieces. Uh, I don't know if they track people who come from the show. I, I don't, something like that. Um, they just told me to make sure I mentioned that. So I try to follow orders and do what I'm told. Um, so this week we have on a legal expert. So I know everyone has legal issues. Um, everyone does, unfortunately, especially in today's litigious world that we live in, but also from a risk perspective, you know, making sure that you don't get yourself into a bad situation, which is again, easy to do. Um, and I think what I find is business owners sometimes, um, take the stance of, you know, what I don't know won't hurt me type of thing with some of these. And that's absolutely not the right stance to take. Uh, you can't put your head in the sand and then then the world comes crashing down around you. So this week's guest we have is Mr. Mitchell Beinhacker. He is managing okay. director at Beinhacker, Maitland, and Goodgold. And is that is that really your partner's name? Is his last name or her last name Goodgold? Goodgold. Yeah, Jonathan Goodgold. He's my partner. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That that that's I, when I saw it, I'm like, that's got to be a made up name. That's got to be like, nope, that's the, not made up. You the, can't do that in law. <laughs> well, true, yeah, true. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like a you know, not stage names, they're not the right term, but you know, sort right. of. Uh, no, whatever. you can't. You got to be whatever you're registered with the bar with. You got That's got to be your name. Yeah, yeah. So, Mitchell, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks. So, what I thought we would do is talk a little bit about sort of your your own personal uh, entrepreneurial journey. Um, to forming your own partnership and your own law firm and things like that. So walk us through it. And I should mention, guys, um, for most of you know that our show is based in Columbus, Ohio, and I uh, found out just a little bit ago that uh, Mitchell actually lived in Columbus a good while back. Yeah, I lived there for about two years, worked for Nationwide um, in their home office. Um, gotcha. Best of America side for their life insurance and annuity products. For about two years, I traveled all over the country and kind of led me on the journey that I'm on, but I'll, I'll cover that when I'm going through it. Yeah, yeah. So walk us through. So yeah, talk talk to us about your journey. Okay. So um, I was as a kid, I was always interested in you know business and entrepreneur. I used to have uh, different little businesses. I, you know, during the summer, I used to wax and detail cars. I had a racket, tennis racket, stringing business because I used to play a lot of tennis. I was into fishing. I used to hand make fishing rods. Anything I could do to. I wasn't really into making the money. I mean, I guess I wanted to make money, but it was more the interest in. In business, mm-hmm. um, and then as I got older, my father was in the life insurance business. He's still in that business. Um, started in 1965, so in the 70s and into the 80s, I started learning about all the estate kind of planning work that he was doing, and I got interested in it. And when I was at um, Cornell, I was deciding: should I get my MBA? What am I going to do? I'm really not an MBA type. I want to do more entrepreneur type of stuff, and I decided to go to law school, so that's really where the law school part came from. It, but I always was interested in entrepreneurial, you know, type of venture. So when I got out of law school, 
I really didn't want to go work. I had worked during the summers at different law firms doing all the legal research, and it just really bored me. <laughs> it still bores me, to be honest with you. And, uh, <laughs> instead, I got a job working. I went to work for an insurance agency, basically in sales and marketing. Um, I, I felt that, and it's still true today, lawyers don't aren't really taught any kind of, um, certainly not business skills, running your own firm. You don't learn, learn that in law school, and you don't even learn how to sell for that you know, and attorneys are not really good salespeople. I know <laughs> a lot of colleagues out there would be pissed at hearing me say that, but <laughs> it's just true, and I find that on a regular basis. Some of them are very good networkers. They get out there, they talk to people, but a lot of them just aren't, and they stick within their little groups, and they're not good at, and, and they're certainly not good at the marketing side with all the marketing stuff that we do. So mm-hmm. I went to an insurance agency. From there, I used to do a lot of joint work because I was an attorney, so people wanted me to help with their estate plan. That's how I started getting into business planning, succession planning. We would de- de- design, uh, you know, like key man type of programs. People wanted to make sure that their best exe- uh, employee stayed with the company, so we would design uh, these these programs. And they were funded with various insurance products and various financial products. And so from there, that's how I ended up in Columbus, Ohio. I, a recruiter found me, and they were looking for an attorney who was also an advanced sales kind of specialist to join their team. And I flew out to Columbus, Ohio. I remember I was, uh, was I married at that point? No, my wife and I were living in New Jersey. I had met her, brought her up from Florida. We might have even been engaged at this point. So I went to this interview in Columbus, and I told my wife, you know, what do you think of Columbus, Ohio? She goes, I just, like, got dragged out of Florida. I don't think anything about Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> right. I, I thought the world, like, ended at Pittsburgh and it started in L.A. <laughs> right. And I, so I said, well, I'll just go. It'll be a good experience. So I went out there. I interviewed with them. I called my wife back, my girlfriend at the time, my fiance, and I said, I think we're going to be living in Columbus for a little while. And she, she was always a very good sport. So we ended up moving out there for a certain amount of years. And then I got brought back to another agency. And then over the years, what happened was I'd be working with insurance agencies, and I knew a lot of insurance and financial professionals all over the state. And they kept coming to me, will you do a will? Will you do a business agreement? Will you do this? Will you do that? And I just kind of migrated into my own practice. And that was probably 2001 or something, 2002. Um, by 2006, I was, uh, I think, out a little further west Jersey. But, you know, I knew so many people in the financial business that it was kind of a natural fit. And I was really, that's what I was working with, all small business owners, startups, entrepreneurs, all these people, seeing the issues that they have, helping them with their governance, you know, meaning their documents, their operating agreements, making sure they have things in place properly. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of started becoming like, a, I don't know, I guess an entrepreneur's lawyer. A lot of entrepreneurs don't have a lot of money, small business owners. But you know, we don't work with IBM. We don't work with Microsoft. We work with small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some businesses that are doing, you know, 80 to $100 million a year in revenue, but they're a family-owned business. So there may be two brothers own the business, and their spouses are in the business, and their kids are coming into the business, and it's still the same kind of family dynamics that you have with, uh, you know, local business uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I've been from, you know, I went out on my own. I was with a guy sharing space. We were trying to build a firm. It didn't work out for a lot of reasons, um, some of which was my choice. And I said, getting out of here. I was driving very far and I packed up and went back um, to another place, joined a firm as like of counsel to use their space. And then you know, they were having problems and they shut down or they moved. They were downsized, I think. And I wanted to be closer to my house. So I moved to another office, had a, uh, a guy who's now my COO. He runs the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was my paralegal. He worked for a client of mine. And they were in the real estate 
business, World State Mortgages. That was when everything was collapsing. So we took over that business and we held it from a legal side. And then it just, you know, kind of snowballed. And, um, you know, it is, it is what it is now. We're about, I don't know, six or seven attorneys plus some staff. We all do different kind of things. Some litigate. I do all the business transactional work here and the advisory work. Um, we have an employment law guy. We do collections. We do some family law. We do some white-collar criminal. We do real estate. I mean, we do a whole number of things. Um, but on the entrepreneur side, I'm very active in, like, uh, startup kind of meetup groups. So mm-hmm. we go to a lot of these groups where they have pitch contests. And we meet all these tech startups. And I, I, do, I work with a lot of accelerators and uh, uh, incubators. I didn't even know the difference before I got involved. And, um, <laughs> now... I talk to all these people, and uh, and that's kind of you know that's kind of where where we are. I practice running a law firm, practicing law, very difficult today. It's very competitive. It's very difficult. You got to be out there all the time. That's probably the one thing I I, I think law is a great background. I don't think I would recommend it for everybody to go into practice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. Well, listen, guys, we're uh, up against a break here. We're going to hit the break, and we'll come back, continue teaching, 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 talking with Mitchell Beinhacker, and uh, I'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And uh, then the third segment, we're going to talk about some of the common legal mistakes that, that Mitchell sees business owners make. So join us again after the break on B2B Radio. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Hello, and welcome back to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. We are brought to you by Capital Plus. They remove the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full-service credit and collections department. All right, it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip, this is actually one of my favorites, if I say so myself, which uh, is a little bit self-aggrandizing, but nonetheless, um, uh, is higher on character, loyalty, and work ethic. Everything else can be learned. Um, powerful lesson I've learned over the many years of hiring a bazillion people in my corporate career and uh, my experiences now with, with working with a lot of different small businesses. If you find someone that, that possesses those three characteristics in a very strong way, um, I promise you that's a that's a keeper. That's someone you want. Um, to, you want to keep on board. You want to get them on board, I should say, and, and keep them. Very important. You can have those three. Think about it. If you have someone and you need to teach them a skill set that they don't know, if they have that loyalty and work ethic, they're going to work their butts off to learn it and figure it out. So really, really important. I promise you if you, you use that when you're hiring decisions, you will make better hiring decisions um, going forward. So that is the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. Now let's get back to talking with... Uh, Mitch Beinhacker, and we're talking through some of the things 
um, how he works with uh, entrepreneurs, startups, all sorts of th- things like that, but really focuses his focus of the practice his and his firm is with small business owners and entrepreneurs. So um, talk to us, Mitch, a little bit about um, some of the, the typical engagements that you'll do with, with, with uh, businesses. Um, yeah, I'll, maybe I should tell you how I like to work with business owners, and then I'll tell you how it normally kind of comes <laughs> Perfect. out. Um, yeah, so I, you know, typically I like to, you know, meet a business owner when they are either in the startup phase or they're working on their idea, and we can help them with their business plan, and we can talk about all those stuff. Typically, though, uh, you know, business owners don't really look at lawyers that way. They kind of look at them as the problem solvers, the people that fix things when they're broken, uh, that kind of stuff. So we get a lot of people that come to us, unfortunately, when things are a little broken. Um, they, they may have gotten involved, started, they signed a lease, they didn't uh, really read it very carefully, or they didn't bring it to an attorney to look at, and they're having business problems. Now they're stuck with certain kind of guarantees or you know, they they had, uh, you know, they leased equipment and the business is failing now, they're stuck in equipment leases or things like that. Or, or they're getting sued or they're having employee problems. And I think that, you know, typically we like to have a, let's call it an advisory relationship with the business owner where, um, you know, for a flat fee every month, they're, they're talking to us 30 minutes or so, an hour or so, where we go over the issues that they're trying to tackle and kind of take them through. Even if they're already operating, but we can at least, you know, kind of work them through the issues that they're going to face. Because as a as an attorney, I mean, I bring things up to clients that they don't even thought of mm-hmm. that are going to be issues. You know, we, you know, if I mention to them, well, we talk about corporate governance, for example. Corporate governance is a word that's very common in the large family office business or large corporate but closely held business, even in corporations. Family uh, governance itself is a is a term, but when you get to small business owners, they don't even know what that is. But every business owner needs an operating agreement, and they probably need contracts with their with their vendors and people they're dealing with, and they have to deal with leases, and they have to keep their corporate books and records, and what kind of entity should they have, and all those types of things. And a lot of times, when I don't know lawsuits erupt or things like that, it's just a mess because they haven't really done the things that they needed to do to, to kind of follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that so our typical engagement is when somebody's coming to us for one particular issue, they have an employee issue, they have a collection issue, then what we will do, hopefully, is we build a relationship with them is to make it a more holistic relationship. Um, but I have had situations where a client came to me, he's you know in another family business or another business altogether, and he has an idea, and we start working on the idea and talking about it. And over time, he you know needs a trademark, so we get him a trademark. We have enough counsel, um, trademark and patent attorney. We, we help him through the idea, we, and he finds uh, a space, or he's talking to a manufacturer, or the old types of stuff um, that we've, we've done. And even some of those have failed. I mean, even some of those, we get them going, they're getting, I mean, I don't work with them every day, so we're out there, they're out there, and then three or four months later, how's it going? Uh, you know, I think I got, a, I got problems, you know, 90 days in or 120 days in. And it's a lot of times it's because they didn't, anticipate things and sometimes they don't write business plans we'll talk about some common legal mistakes later but mm-hmm. um you know so that that's like our that's our it's not typical that's our ideal engagement right <laughs> our ideal engagement is that we are the go-to advisor for everything and then and we do have a couple of, we we have 
several clients. Um, one, one particular is a, a very successful doctor who he has his own retainer, and he calls me for everything. If he's got problems with issues with the practice or he's got, you know, we have to deal with his estate plan or something with his family or whatever it happens to be. He gets, you know, involved in deals that he invests in, real estate deals or something like that. We review everything, 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 and it all goes through me. I'm his primary advisor, and if there's anybody that wants to talk to him, they come to me first. And that relationship works very well for him because he doesn't have to worry about all these people that are trying to reach into his pocket. Mm-hmm. So we have a fair amount of those that are retainer clients that look to us on a regular basis for um, advice. Gotcha. I was producing, mm-hmm. actually producing work. Sometimes it's just a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a client of mine who is in the horse business, she's in the equine business, jumpers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And she really came to us originally through one of my partners to buy a ranch, and that had fallen through. And then it, it, we've been looking for a place for her, and she's in a temporary place. And I'm constantly helping her, and so is my partner with all kinds of of issues um, that involve the business and, and stuff like that. So that's probably more of a typical, you know, relationship when it comes to dealing with small business owners when they realize that what we're helping them with is something that really they could, like you said, keeping their head in the sand just wasn't helping them. You know. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think that's just too too often uh, what happens is, that, you know, again, they don't understand all those things, and they might know they're out there, but uh, they, they just kind of keep their head in the sand about it. So we've got about two minutes left here before we've got to head to another break. But, you know, it's interesting to me, again, like I said, I, I see um, too often, you know, you mentioned uh, employee issues. I mean, and that's one of the things I see pretty often is, um, if it's a business that's not large enough to where they've got, you know, an HR department or even an HR person, right. you know, that, that employee handbook, if they have one is poorly written, has inconsistencies, right. inconsistencies in it, um, just completely opens them up to a, a whole host of negative situations. Yeah, absolutely. We do a lot of employee handbooks for, for clients that never really thought that they needed something like that until an issue came up and they don't have anything documented. They're not treating anybody, anybody you know, fairly or the same or and it, and it doesn't have to be a, you know a, a three-ring binder it can just be a small booklet mm-hmm. yeah. um, we're actually working on a bit kind of a business in a box type of product where we can for a, you know a flat fee people can actually get started i think a a, a a form employee handbook will probably be included in in that type of a product very common for small business owners no employee handbook yeah, no, they I think no, it never occurred to them. Yeah, no, I think that business in a box concept would be very popular, especially, um, you know, if, just from my experience. But especially if you guys are working with a lot of, as you'd mentioned, startups and things like that. I mean, what easy yeah. way it really hits the easy button for them for sure. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, we're up against a break here. Again, we're talking this week with Mitchell Beinhacker. He's managing director at Beinhacker, Maitland, and Good Gold best name ever um and uh we're talking about some different issues that he sees that business owners face on a regular basis and in the last segment here we are going to he's going to walk us through he just recently produced an ebook about this topic and that's that's why um, i think it would be very good he's going to talk us through some common legal mistakes he sees that business owners make so join us again after the break on b2b radio Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? 
Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at Tritraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. Check out both of Mr. Business National best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Hello, and welcome back to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we are talking again this week with Mr. Mitchell Beinhacker, or Mitch. You want to be one of the cool kids, you can call him Mitch. Um, and so, again, we've been talking about a lot of different things. First of all, we talked in the first segment, if you missed it, about his journey and how he came to where he's at now. And it's not the typical journey you would necessarily hear from an attorney. Um, so it was an interesting thing there and some twists and, and some turns in the story. And uh, and then we talked about sort of the, the typical engagement, well, the optimal engagement first, and then sort of the right. typical engagement they have with business owners. And so now, again, um, Mitch just recently produced an ebook about this exact topic, and so I thought it would be perfect for him to cover in this last segment, and that is talking about some common legal mistakes that business owners make and maybe, you know, might open your eyes to a couple of things that you're unaware of, maybe hadn't thought of, or maybe you're like one of those business owners I mentioned earlier that you have your head in the sand and you kind of know it's out there, but you're kind of ignoring it. This might open your eyes to that to to, to understand like hey this is not something you got you can do you need to address this and and sometimes address it pretty pretty uh, urgently so with that give us some of those common mistakes that you typically see Mitch sure um, and just just as a preface so I don't want to go over everything in the book then I'll read the book and be like oh, I don't need to read this right <laughs> it, it it is titled common legal mistakes but they're not all legal mistakes we'll go over the the basic legal ones okay um, so the biggest mistake that I see business owners uh, do and you could argue whether this is legal or not. To me, it's legal. Is that they don't like write a business plan. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, you don't have to write a business plan before you start your business and work on your business. It's kind of an ongoing process, and it doesn't have to be a, a university hundred-page um, document with charts and graphs and all things like that. Mm-hmm. But I find that business owners tend to not put things down in writing all the time. And when I get involved with them and I say, you're having trouble, maybe we can raise you some money because you need some capital to do this or that. Let's take a look at your business plan. Their first comment is, oh, I don't have one of those. So, you know, and I, and I point out to them, well, that's probably a big part of your problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of good templates out there. I think there's a link in the book to a template. Um, Score has some really good stuff out there to um, to look at. It general format of a business plan is the same in most places. There's some variances to it, some nuances, but for the most part, you know, you, you just want to pick up your main four or five different um, different categories, I guess, in terms of doing that. And the biggest part is really like the marketing research you do and the financial side of it, I guess. But then when you have the, you know, the legal side of it's important, too, because a lot of business owners, this is probably the second mistake that people make, is they start their business and they think that, like it's a sole proprietorship, it's just a name. They don't incorporate, they don't set up a limited liability company, they don't have any liability protection. Well, they have insurance, they think that's enough, but 
it's really not. So um, a lot of business owners, I meet them later on, they don't incorporate. They just have a name that they're operating under, and then something happens, and they get sued personally. Mm-hmm. You huge know, now risk situations there. You become, yeah, it's a huge risk. And there's places, times where you become personally liable anyway. If you're a small business owner, you're signing a lease, they're probably going to ask you to sign a personal guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases, same with anything else, bank, you know, bank financing, loans, things like that. But you still want to kind of have the corporation in between you and maybe somebody that trips in your store shop and cracks their head on something and then sues you personally and you didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. So that's probably the second thing um, I can think of. Mm-hmm. If uh, the next thing I probably think of is... Um, Hmm. Probably doing things like on a handshake, and what I what I mean is, a lot of, a lot of business owners get out there, and, and I get this question all the time. What's the first thing that a business owner should do from a legal standpoint? Probably have a non disclosure agreement, mm-hmm. because a lot of people do things with a handshake, and they meet each other, and they're trusting, and that's great. But I've seen, you know, things ideas get stolen, and names get stolen, and. You know, websites disappear. They were available yesterday, and they had a conversation with somebody who, you know, if it's your best friend from college and you trust them implicitly, that's fine. But if you're talking to somebody who could potentially be an investor or an advisor or whatever, you know, they might say things in passing, you know, uh, innocently to someone, and someone says, well, that's a great idea. Next thing you know, you see your product on a shelf somewhere, or, or worse, on Shark Tank, and you're like, hey, that was my idea. <laughs> right. And you never know, you know, and look, people break agreements all the time, but if they sign something that you give them, they're actually, they're at least acknowledging that this is your idea and they're not supposed to, you know, tell anybody about that. The other part about the, the handshake is when they're doing business with people. So they're, whether it's a manufacturer, a distributor, a customer, a vendor, whatever, and, you know, we get involved in these things and where they're saying you owe them money, you saying they owe you money. And they said, well, let's, let's take a look at the contract. Well, there's no contract. It was like an invoice, and there's no terms. So lawsuits erupt from that kind of stuff. And then it's an argument about what are the terms, and how do you create the terms, and what should the terms be, and all that kind of stuff, when it could have been easy to come up with some vendor contracts to you know, kind of protect, or not protect, but clarify the relationship that you have with these particular people that you're doing business with, no matter, you know, however you're doing business. Yeah. You know, now there are times, look, if you're doing business overseas and your product is being manufactured in China, and I get this all the time, they say, oh, well, we asked the, uh, you know, the manufacturer in China if, if they would sign a non-compete, non-disclosure agreement. I said, sure, well, they can sign whatever you want. I don't know how you're going to enforce it. Right. If it goes out of the backside of the factory <laughs> and somebody gives it to his friend and they go and knock off your product. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah in terms of uh, the strength of the agreement and who you're dealing with. Well, it's funny you mentioned that and if people think that that's, you know, a lot of times when I cover risk-type issues on the show, and I have a feeling that some people go, and actually someone has actually said this to me at an event that I was at. They said, my gosh, you're so paranoid about things. But I'm here to tell you, like the, the, the scenario you had mentioned about um, non-disclosure, I had a meeting. This has happened uh, about 18 months, two years ago. Um, there was myself. Um, a person with an idea, with a business idea, and a third person, and he wanted to bounce the idea off of each of us. Did not have e- either of us uh, sign an NDA, but I knew the guy well, and I'm not, you know, I was just there to try to give him some some ideas as far as you know, right. is something viable or not. Yeah, you were the trustworthy friend. Right, right. <laughs> well, 
turns out that the third person, who's no longer a trustworthy friend, there you go. Hey, listen, this is like something you would see in a movie or on a television show, but it's it's real life. I mean, this stuff happens. We talked yeah. about something. He came up with an idea. He had a very unique, very short name. And one of the things that is is, is important for me, I think, and is important for businesses to make sure that you have the domain name. Um, right. So if you if a name if my name is Mr. Biz Solutions, I don't want to have it, you know, not MrBizSolutions.com, right? I want to own that. Right. He said, no, I've already checked it, and it's available. We had this conversation with, oh, yeah, it's a great idea, et cetera, et cetera. It was, I don't know, two, three days later, he calls me. He's like, you're not going to get, you're not going to believe this. I you went out. bought the domain. Right? The third dude bought the domain. Yeah. Not only bought the domain, bought like 12 variations of it. He bought the .com, the .net, the .gov, the dot, and then variations of the name with a couple of, of, of names in front, like the such and such and all that. So he bought, I don't know, 12, maybe a dozen different versions of that name. Right. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So did he want to steal his idea? Do you want to block him out? Did he want to sell it to him? What happened? No, he, he didn't want the idea. He didn't want to do it. So he came to him. So he didn't even know at the time who, who had done it. He's like, how would someone know? And I'm like, honestly, I can't believe it. It's got to be so-and-so. He called him up yeah. and he was like, yeah, man, I thought it was a great idea. So I bought it. He goes, well, I mean, you can buy them from me if you want. You got to be kidding That's why me! He's a former friend. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, King of the Weasels. Ugh. Yeah, it's craziness. Well, we've, we're about out of time here, uh, Mitch. Thanks. I really appreciate you coming on uh, again. We're talking this week with Mitch Beinhacker, uh, managing director at Beinhacker Maitland and Good, Good Gold. Yep. We've been talking through all sorts of legal issues. Hopefully, it opened your eyes at some different things. So, really appreciate you coming on, Mitch. Um, great stuff. Thanks. Yeah, so everyone, thanks for listening. Again, you can uh, find Mitch Beinhacker, Managing Director at Beinhacker, Maitland, and Good Gold. Thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. Thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. You can find them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz, or you can give them a call at 855-522-3951. And uh, I should mention that you should have a great week, of course. And then don't forget, of course, last but not least, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They have been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951. 